Hey, club leaders and disciple makers. This is Hunter Williams. I serve as a missionary with Awana in Tennessee, and I have the privilege of serving as your host for today's episode. And today we're going to be asking the question, how do you lead a large group time? How do you lead large group time and do it well? Now, I know that many of you listening here, uh, your large group time is going to look differently than others. Some of you, you have a lot of kids in your large group time, and others of you, it might be smaller. For some of you, uh, you might just have a time of large group for Sparks, large group for TNT, or you might combine the two. However your large group time looks, what we want to do in today's episode is give you practices and principles that can be applied across any structure of large group that you have during that time. And the first principle I want to cover is one that I call the 60-40 principle. Now, what do I mean by the 60-40 principle? Well, in short, what I mean by this is that when it comes to teaching in large group time, 60% of the talking should be done by leaders and 40% of the talking should be done by kids. Now, I know as soon as I say that, many of you are thinking, um, Hunter, that sounds a bit counterintuitive. And you, I can understand that. You know, for many of us, we think that large group time should be a time where kids sit quietly and listen to us as we teach. And while there needs to be moments of that for sure, um, studies have actually shown that lecturing or just having someone talk at a group and they sit and listen is one of the least impactful ways that we learn. Now, again, we do need moments of that, but studies have shown that participatory type learning, especially with kids, has more of an impact. And that's why I think this principle is so important to share right out of the gate. As we think about the kids in our groups, uh, we need to be thinking of ways, how do we get them engaged throughout the time of teaching? Maybe another way of thinking about it is maybe we have this concept or this, this point in a story we're really wanting to teach. And we need to see the way we teach as uh, guides to get them to that destination. And so what we can do in our large group time is find ways to get them engaged in the topic throughout. And I think one of the most powerful ways to do that is through questions. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Recently, I was asked to speak at a Awana club, and I spent the whole time teaching uh, the verse Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, which is the Great Commission. And what I did was with each word in that verse, I would ask a question, give the definition or what it was teaching, and then have the kids reinstate it. And so that could be a good method in the 60-40 principle of you question, you teach, you reinstate, and then you repeat. And uh, it was so amazing, just that simple framework of working through this verse kept the kids' attention. Now, there's more things you can do in this. You can do uh, have the kids summarize portions of what you say. You can have kids act it out. You could have kids... Uh, tell a story that goes along with what you're teaching. Whatever you can do, be thinking of how can I get 40% of my time during large group, how do I give that to the kids? Because I, I tell you, when you give them that much participation, they will go along that journey with you of what you're trying to teach. Now, the second principle I have for you plays off the 60-40 principle, and it's called the all-in principle. Now, with the all-in principle, this is geared specifically toward leaders. 
you know, in a large group setting, typically it's not just one adult with a lot of kids. It's there's multiple leaders in there and there might be one primary leader who's teaching. But that doesn't mean that the other leaders in the room just get to sit back and do nothing. Every leader needs to be all in. All the leaders in the room need to be all in during that time. So what, what can you do to make that happen? Well, uh, instead of having leaders just sit in the back, have them sit among the kids. What this can do is uh, help them keep the kids focused. Maybe they can help alleviate distractions, maybe answer questions, help them find passages in the Bible. Whatever it is, it helps them be among the kids and being fully engaged. But there's other things you can do. Uh, for example, again, when I went in, uh, to that club and taught on Matthew 28, 19, I got the leaders involved. And so um, there was a portion where we were talking about, you know, making disciples. Part of that is sharing the gospel. And so I actually had the kids break off into the groups and share the gospel with each other. But that, that could have been mass chaos if I just left it to the kids. So I had the leaders go to each group to make sure they stayed on track, to fill in any gaps, to answer questions, and even to have the leader give an example of what it looks like to share the gospel. And there's other ways you can do that. You can have maybe uh, you're, you're teaching a lesson and you know a leader has a story or something that's happened in their life that pairs well with what you're teaching. Well, just for a minute or two, have that leader share that thing and then you keep going. Whatever you can do to keep the leaders all in, it will also help the kids stay all in because it's a joint effort in wanting to discover and grow in what you're learning. So 60-40 principle leads to the all-in principle. Now this last principle might sound interesting when I first say it, but the last one is the actual Bible principle. The actual Bible principle. And the reason I've worded it that way is I've noticed in going to different clubs, different children's ministries um, across my area, is that leaders have gotten really good at summarizing the Bible or retelling Bible stories. But I've noticed that not many read from the actual Bible <laughs> themselves. Um, and that's, that's something interesting to think about. Now, I know the Bible is an, uh, an ancient book. I know that it has language and says things that aren't common to common vernacular of kids. But here's why reading the actual Bible is so important. Is one, it reminds the kids that the stories we're telling aren't just random stories. They're not Aesop's fables. This is actually things that happen truly by the true God. And, and, and His Word is our ultimate authority. Uh, but not only this, what, what happens when we get in a consistent rhythm of reading the actual Bible to our kids each week is it bridges the gap between the language of the Bible and our common language. Because if we spend all of our time just retelling Bible stories, and then it comes to a time where kids are able to read the Bible on their own, well, there's such a large gap because they're not immersed in that language. They're not used to hearing it. But if we've given them doses of it over and over again, that gap is shortened. Now, I, I know some of you are thinking, but Hunter, just reading the straight Bible could be so boring to my kids. I don't think you understand how, how energetic and uh, distracted my kids can get. And I, and I totally get it. Trust me. But maybe instead of, you know, reading an entire story or passage, maybe you just read key verses or spurts of the story. So, for example... Um, I went and taught at a 
a, a, another club and I taught on the story of uh, Stephen meeting the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. Now, I didn't read that entire story. There's a lot that goes on uh, throughout Acts chapter 8. But what I decided to do was read key verses that just help keep the, the story going along. So I'd read a key verse, uh, retell the story, summarize parts, read a verse, then fast forward, um, summarize some things, and then read another key verse. But what that showed the children was everything I was saying was coming from Scripture, and I was giving them language uh, that comes straight from the Bible. So again, I think having an actual Bible principle reminds the kids of where their authority needs to rest, and it helps shorten that gap when they are trying to develop the spiritual practice of reading the Bible on their own. Now, I hope that these have been helpful. They're not rocket science. They're not like explosive things, but they're good things to keep in mind because sometimes we can get in a rhythm of large group time and we can forget some of these things. We can stop being creative and how can we get our kids to participate in greater levels in large group time uh, or have some kind of controlled chaos in that? How can we have our leaders be all in and do it in really impactful, profound ways? And then how can we get the actual Bible into everything we're doing, whether it's reading it, memorizing it, uh, reading it aloud, listening to it, whatever we can do, the more we can up Bible engagement, that is going to help so much for our kids, especially with them living in the secular age. And so I hope these principles have been helpful to you. If you have any questions about anything I've said or about anything with Awana Clubs at all, feel free to reach out to our partner care team. You can also reach out to me at hunterw.awana.org. You can also go to my website at awanatn.com. Well, again, I pray that this episode was a blessing to you, and I pray for your clubs as you go to make resilient disciples of the children in your care. God bless, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Awana Clubs podcast. The Awana Clubs podcast is a product of Awana Audio, all rights reserved. Your support and donations to the Awana ministry make it possible for us to partner with 62,000 churches in over 130 countries. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more details about what was discussed in this episode, as well as more information about Hunter and his ministry. If you like this episode, you'll also like the Child Discipleship Podcast, where new episodes drop every Thursday. The executive producer of this podcast is me, Ross Cochran, and our theme song is Jackpot by Made to Be from their album, You Know a Better Way, and you also heard their song, Throne, from their album, Save Me From Myself. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.